0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, we got lots of really amazing things going on, go to www.thedrpatshow.com. As I said before, yeah, it's time for us to take into consideration how stuck in the muck we might be. You unstuck, mastering the new rules of risk taking in work and life. Libby Gill is my very special guest today and author joining me on the Dr. Pat Show right now. And what we're going to talk about is what it means to just move beyond it all. Libby's joining us today because she has a very, very powerful, powerful message. Spent 15 years heading public relations and corporate communication, senior vice president, universal studios, vice president, Sony Pictures Entertainment, and you know what? I could go on and on and on, but when you've held all of those top positions, you know what it means to be stuck, and you know what it means to learn how to get unstuck. So she's joining us here today to give us some insight, and get us off the dime. Libby, thank you so much. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Glad to be here. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but I've been stuck a few days in my life. What
1: about you? Well, everybody has. I certainly have. And, and, you know, what it looks like from the outside and what it feels like from the inside can often be two very different things. So what I found in the work that I do is that there are some people who who really are highly successful, mostly life is really good, and they're just stuck in one area. It might be relationships, might be their fitness, and then way at the other end of the spectrum are those folks who just feel like they're just stuck across the board. They can't figure out where to go, what to do, or how even to get started.
0: Well, what I love about this conversation is, you know, there are people, and I know that I've been in these positions, certainly you and in all of your career and life experience, but one of the things is we've been taught, haven't we, to really look real good on the outside, don't you think? Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's my my entire upbringing. I I grew (laughs) up in this big fancy seven family and it was all about what it looked for, like from the outside and and I carried that through my professional life. I was really good at being a very hard worker, really got to the point where I thought, boy, I've worked really hard to get where I don't even want to be anymore and it took me a long time and a lot of soul searching to stop and think about what's the next right step for me. And it's very comfortable and easy just to continue on the way we're going. You know, you just kind of go with the flow, which sometimes can be a really good thing. But often it means we're afraid to stop and look at a new direction because that fear of the unknown can just be so frightening. We don't even want to put a toe into that water.
0: I want to talk about this because you, you know, I would just, for those of you tuning in, Libby Gill joining me here today. The book is You Unstuck Mastering the New Rules of Risk Taking in Work and Life. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Sure. I mean, you know, there are so many things right now that really call us, not only as individuals, but as a society, to take some risks. Yet, It almost seems like people are risk averse. And I want to ask you, what have you discovered that will help people maybe take that one step so that we can get out of the, what do I want to call it, the stuckness
1: of fear? Stuckness. I call it the state of stuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what's really interesting, and, and I, I used to be a columnist for the health section of the Dallas Morning News, and I, I'm a pretty serious researcher and reporter, so I like to have some science to back up my, my suppo- suppositions about our personal development. And one of the most interesting things I encountered when I wrote you on stuck was, was a study that had been done recently, and there, the, the brain scanning equipment has just gone leaps and bounds over where it was just a few years ago, so I came across this study that was done by a group of neuroscientists who hooked people as they will they hooked people up to electrodes and then put them in a, an MRI scanner and what they found was and they, they were giving these subjects shocks not you know not overly painful but certainly not pleasant and they told them that the shock would come in a one to a thirty second time frame somewhere in there, and that the subject would be warned before the shock. Then they scanned, they monitored the brain scans, and what they found was that immediately everybody's brain went to work in the pain and the fear centers of their brain, just on overtime, all this brain activity, even before they were shocked. And a third of the people asked if they could receive a bigger shock and right away instead of having to wait for the shock. So what that told these scientists was that it wasn't the pain, it was the thought, the anticipation, it was just the idea of the pain that was producing all this fear. And it's the same with all of us, it's very seldom the act itself, it's that anticipation, the dread, the angst that we build up into this huge big thing instead of taking the action. So if we would simply remove that and recognize, ah, that's my brain at work. And the other important thing these scientists found was that they saw that when the brain's fear systems were actively engaged, when they were, at, you know, they were at work doing their thing, that the other areas of the brain, including the risk taking and the exploration areas, were turned off. So it's like, if you're feeling that fear and pain, you can't explore you can't take risks you are held back because your brain is so busy engaging in that fear activity he can't do anything else so the first thing you could do is recognize oh that's me that's my nervous system doing its thing that it was programmed to do but it's not accurate it's not applicable in this case so I'm going to slow my breathing, I'm going to go meditate or work out or do whatever I need to do to be able to overcome that kind of anxiety and fear that we often live with. I mean, that's what you're talking about. It feels like it's, you know, it's global, it's everywhere, it's in the news, it's in the air we breathe, and everybody is feeling very stuck. Well, one of the things I love, and I want
0: to ask you about this, because when I left my corporate job, um, and and literally I had to leave that job because I was a head of HR in a Fortune 50 company, and I didn't want, I was not going to implement the downsizing program. So, you know, you being a senior executive, you know what that's like. Oh sure. You you know you don't refuse to to implement an HR program. But the point was for me, and I want to ask you about this because what you're talking about is not only a new level of awareness, but a solution to corporate productivity. And -hmm. the reason I say that is, immediately after I went back to school, and what I studied was this little thing that most of my advisors considered passe, called job insecurity. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered in that research was everything you're talking about and more. Now, fast forward to where we are today today, we have built up an academic, uh, an epidemic of job insecurity, life insecurity, and yet we can't seem to get the attention of folks that really should be paying attention.
1: You know, you're so right. And, and what I found, the things that, that back in my corporate days, I know exactly what you're talking about, the, the sort of massive anxiety, the knot in the stomach that forms as soon as you get in your car to go to work in the morning. And there are so many ways that employers can overcome it. I mean, when I was in the entertainment industry, which as you might think, it's a, a really warm and fuzzy group of people, but <laughs> guess what? It's a tough industry. And the things that I talk about now when I speak across the country about employee engagement and inspiring being an inspired leader, and I, I think I would have been laughed out of the room back in my corporate days. It just, those weren't things that anybody cared about. It was so bottom line focused, but we know now that happy people are generally much more productive people. And if we've gone through layoffs or restructurings, reorganizations, all the things that we're doing in corporate suites across the country, this is the time that people really need to step up and give people a little bit of a hand, give them you know, just some simple kindness and compassion can go a very long way to making people feel much more satisfied, much more secure in their daily jobs. Well,
0: I want to make sure everybody knows Libby Gill is my very special guest. And, you know, you can go to Libby's website at LibbyGill.com. Certainly the book is available just about everywhere. You know, what you really have sat down and talked about is really something that is more global than the workplace. But we can't ignore it. We have generations of young people that have are emerging as teenagers now. That are afraid to go into a locked room or a locked door. I mean, there is such a veneer of fear right now. I want to ask you fear isn't the only emotion in being stuck what are some of the other
1: things you talk about no it's not just fear although that's certainly a big part of it some of it is our own habitual patterns we get stuck in patterns because they're comfortable so oddly enough comfort can be a great a great um it can feel pretty good at the time but it can also keep you stuck so as you're feeling that um you're you it's okay it's the the voices that the the messages that we tell ourselves, our own limiting assumptions about um, it's um, I, one great one is fitness. People think, well, you know, I'm sad because my whole family's sad, And it's this crazy assumption that we have, and we allow it to go unchallenged. But as soon as you begin to look at these things that we believe... And we believe them simply because we choose to believe them. And it's really interesting that we can pick a position and we see this in politics. We see this in healthcare. You can pick a side and find all kinds of data to support it, good or bad. You could switch to the other side and find just as much data to support that side. So what most people do is, is they study the data to confirm their own bias as opposed to look at it and challenge it and think about what is the right course of action. So if you listen to your own talk about your your underlying belief system, you can begin to unravel some of that. If you hear yourself, I've got some some, uh, language in the book that I tell you to watch for that black and white language. I never was any good with money. I've always flunked out of, you know, whatever, the always and never, or the catastrophic language about, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Now, somebody can have a fight with their boyfriend and say, oh, my gosh, we'll never be the same. You know, those kinds of catastrophic talk that we give ourselves. But if we begin to tune into our own language, we can begin to look at, at we can challenge it and decide if if that should really be keeping us stuck. Absolutely. Wow.
0: We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Libby Gill is going to give us a lot more information about how we can step up and move beyond all of that phobia, all of that fear, that risk of phobia she talks about and how to really stop the patterns. When we come back, we'll be talking about some of the things you can do beyond changing the language, some of the things that you should be aware of. And by the way, How does it show up in your love life? Stay tuned, we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
1: Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's kefir cheese spread, great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy.
0: Go Greek. Experience the myth. Athletes, diabetics, moms, let me tell you about a new high-tech energy gel called Chocolate No. 9. Chocolate Number no. 9 is made with only organic agave and the finest dark roast Belgian Cocos. Number 9 contains no refined sugar. Number 9 is a certified low glycemic index item, and best of all, chocolate number 9 simply tastes great. Find out more at dot 9com or call 866 1909 That's 866-999-1909.
1: Ladies, are you living an
0: inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life?
1: Welcome back, everyone.
0: For more about the Dr. Pat Show, that's the show you're listening to right now, go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com or simply drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. Well, you unstuck my very special guest today, Libby Gill, is joining us here today, and we want to make sure that we're going to provide you with some great information. Um, Libby, I've got to ask you, one of the things we have not talked about, which is of enormous concern, and again, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Those old finances, you know what I'm saying? Uh, We have more people in relationships that are just really struggling Finances and fear of that are causing people to stay in jobs they don't want to be out at and people that have lost their jobs that worry about money 24-7. Can you please explain from your perspective the stuckness around
1: finances and how you talk about it in the book? Well, of course, finance has hit on all of those issues that, that, that we feel the most deeply, security and safety and comfort and all of those things. So we really build up an entire emotional relationship with money. And the first step, just like they would do in any kind of addiction, is admitting you've got a problem. If you have a problem... In your relationship with wealth and money, you've got to identify what that pattern is. And then you unstuck, I hope walk people through some of the archetypes, some of the, the sort of the, the patterns of behavior so that you can identify yourself as possibly a binge spender. Somebody who goes out and, you know, you might be good, in quotes, for a while and then suddenly you go out and you buy everything in sight. And some of the things you might uh, that are some of the signs of that is that you hide it from other people that you bring clothes home and stash them in the back of the closet that you won 't admit to someone that you 're doing that, so look at yourself and see if you might be a binge spender and you 'll recognize it in the in the uh, stories that I outline there's uh, the other side of the flip side of that is the scarcity junkie. And this is somebody who might actually be in an okay position. They might be okay financially, but they act as though they don't have another dime, that tomorrow everything is gloom and doom. They'll buy secondhand furniture, old clothes, the cheapest food, and they're just not taking care of themselves and treating themselves well. And that can really set up that dynamic of how you treat yourself is often how you're treated by other people. So you really need to look at that. And often when people are looking at switching jobs or making some sort of life transition, they immediately go into the, oh, I couldn't afford that. I could never do that. And my first response, because, you know, my job, like yours, is to challenge people. Is that true? You're working at this big law firm. You're miserable as an attorney. You want to work in nonprofit, profit And your first reaction is, oh, I could never afford that. Well, sit down with your finance people and your, you know, last few years of taxes and your pay stubs and your budget, and figure out if it is true or not. And that's you've got to start with information. There's also the the big dreamer, the you know, the someday my ship will come in. Till then, I'm going to spend everything I've got and more, borrow money from other people, not pay it back because, you know, when I get the big score, whether that's my movie's about to be made or I sold a book or the big deal's going to close then everything will be fine. Meantime, you're probably wrecking relationships. You're lying to people. You're doing all of those things that are are damaging your reputation and your emotional relationships with other people. So I've got a, a real plan to help people out of that. And it's tough. I won't tell you you can change that overnight, but I've got a very clear three-week pattern that if you stick to it, and, and, Dr. Pratt, one of the things I say in my book at the very beginning of the book is, is if you faithfully follow this program, and, I, and I'm not one of those that will say, oh, five easy steps or in ten minutes you can fix everything in your life, because you got to do some heavy lifting. But if you follow this plan faithfully and life does not change, if your life does not improve for the better, call me up. Send me an email. I will personally coach you.
0: I love what you're talking about, Libby, because here's what you're saying. You know, it's been patterns throughout life that have kind of got us here. Mm -hmm. And by working with you in a way, you know, a tried, true, proven way, we can undo some of those patterns. And by the way, we have these incredible connections in our brains, like billions and billions and billions of them, and we can actually create a new way of being. Libby, isn't that incredible? Thank you for doing that.
1: It's, it's amazing. And what we didn't know until just these last few years is is what you're referencing, neuroplasticity, um, where people can actually rewire those pathways in their brains. Scientists were finding out that people who had had traumatic brain injuries, those sorts of things, there was a path to recovery, and they thought that was really for people who'd had those severe injuries. But lo and behold, what we're finding out is you can make changes habitual change patterns that really do change the pathways in your brain i mean there's there's nothing more amazing than that it's like the the research that's being done on aging and alzheimer's patients and and people who are or heading towards dementia, I, believe me, when I hit 70 or 80, I'm going to learn to play a musical instrument and learn Italian because by doing difficult, you can't just pick up one crossword puzzle and say, hey, I'm using my brain, but by doing things that really cause those sort of deep physical grooves in your brain, you can change, and it's no different with how you act, with the risks that you take, with the relationships that you build. It is really exciting.
0: It is exciting. And, you know, even as recently as today, there was a television clip that was played about this young man who had cerebral palsy all of his life. He couldn't correct his walk, and he ended up working with a coach to learn how to dance. And lo and behold, miraculously, after the programming and the hard work and what you're talking about, Libby, and the work you do, the reprogramming, this young man change the landscape for all people that believe they have a disability of this kind, doing it the way you're talking about. Now, one of the things you've said, and I want to get to right away, is, you know, this is not Libby Gill, I'm going to change your life in 10 minutes. Right. But you do have, this is also not Libby Gill, it's going to take a lifetime to change your life. That's right. You know, so you've created some, tell us a little bit about the program and tell us how... Uh, your work supports people getting to where they want to go in the shortest amount of time. You
1: just nailed it. That's exactly what it is that I try to do. It's about awareness and then repetition and following a pattern. So what I do is is I start people with this problem-solving and decision-making matrix. It fits lots of personal and professional issues, and you just plug in your own data and it's called Clarify, Simplify, and Execute. And we start by first clarifying the vision. Where is it you want to go? What is this big picture that you feel so passionately and so viscerally that it just comes to life for you? It's not about beating yourself up or looking at all your shortcomings 24-7 as most people do. It's really clarifying this vision. The next step then is simplifying the most direct route to get there. And as people, and particularly as women, we tend to overcomplicate everything. We throw obstacles in our path. We let people derail us. We find excuses. But get all that junk out of the way and say, this is what I want, and I'm going right from A to Z, nothing in between. And then finally, the final step is you execute that plan, you break it down, you chunk it down into little pieces, and you execute it against measurable milestones, things that you can say, did I take that step? Did I pick up the phone and call that person? Did I pay that bill? Did I do whatever it is? And then you use accountability factors. If you don't trust yourself to do it, to go get that certification or that training or go after that big client that you're afraid is out of your league, who's going to hold you to that? Whether it's a coach, a spouse, a fitness trainer, your sister or best friend, find some factors that are going to get leverage on you and really, you know, drag you to the finish line if need be. We all need that kind of help and we're so, We're a little foolish and a little arrogant in thinking, oh, I must do it myself. I have all the answers within. Well, we don't. We don't always have all the information we need, and we don't have that external point of view and perspective to say, hey, girlfriend, you know, you're rear-end sagging back there. You really do need to lose about 15 or 20 pounds. It's the same with anything in life. We really need some of that external guidance.
0: Well, Libby, I want to make sure everybody's got the website you unstuck.com. i mean they can go to www.youunstuck.com a lot of information about the accountability club is that
1: the best place for our listeners to go they should go to libbygill.com or and you unstuck is on libbygill.com and of course on amazon as well and my accountability club is my group where i do exactly what we've been talking about dr pat it's a structure and it's where i hold people Accountable to reaching monthly milestones that are going to get them to that finish line.
0: Wow, Libby. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for helping so many people get unstuck.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate being here.
0: Wow, what a great
1: conversation.
0: Libby Gill, everyone. And the book is really fabulous. So I want to make sure that you know youunstuck.com is one of the websites, com as well. And from all of us here at the Dr. Pat Show our theme this year is Thriving Again in 2010, and we invite you to take the journey with us. We're going to have an incredible year. We've got a plan for you. You're going to hear some amazing programming segments and lots more. To Libby, thank you so much for joining us today. To And all of you out there, let's do it together. You Unstuck is the book. Let's get unstuck. We'll see you next time.
1: Someday, not someday